Welcome to this new life podcast. It is our desire that you learn all of the benefits of the abundant life that you have in Jesus Christ, so you can live your life to its fullest. Listen and be encouraged. I'm going to be talking about worship this morning. And we come to a place where we realize that it is God who can satisfy us. We come to a place of worship and we realize that it is only Jesus, it is only our Father, it is only the Holy Spirit that can satisfy our souls. It is only Him, it is only His presence that can bring the satisfaction that you're looking for elsewhere. So my prayer today is as I talk about worship, that you would listen with open hearts and even those at home, that you would listen with hearts open to hear what the Spirit has to say this morning. That we would come back to the Father's arms, realizing that it is Him that satisfies. It is Him that completes. It is Him that makes us whole. It is Him and it will always be Him. It'll always be Jesus. It'll always be our Father. It'll always be the Holy Spirit. It'll always be them who satisfies and completes and gives the answers that you need, the direction that you're seeking for, the wisdom, the peace, the joy, the strength, the hope, the understanding, the forgiveness, the love, the kindness, the mercy, the grace that you need is in Him. It's in Him. It's in Him. And it's in Him. It's in Him. He satisfies us. And we're going to go back into worship in a bit. We're going to sing and these guys are going to join me here on the platform. And Daryl's just going to keep playing for a while until we'd say stop. But you may be seated. There's expectation in my heart this morning. Is there expectation in yours? I hope so. Because you're not expecting from me, you're expecting from God. It doesn't matter who stands before you, church. Your expectation is on our Father. Your expectation is on Jesus and the Holy Spirit and what you want to receive today and what you want to hear from heaven today. And even those watching online, I pray that you press in. I pray that you press in. God, right now, we give you this moment, God. I give you this time that I have. I pray that you have your way, Holy Spirit. I pray that you have your way, Holy Spirit. I pray that you anoint my words, Lord Jesus. I pray that your anointing is upon me to deliver the word that you want, Lord God. I pray for hearts that are open, hearts that are open, hearts that are open to receive. I come against walls in the name of Jesus. I come against boundaries in the name of Jesus that would limit people from receiving your word, that would hinder people from receiving your word. I say break open, break open, break open by the Spirit of God, break open and receive his word, receive his instruction, receive the heart of God today. Receive the heart of God this morning. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. Thank you, Daryl. Thank you, guys. Thank you.
So I asked the worship team to join me. So they're going to be seated here with me. Are you all good? Are you all great? The reason I asked them is if I'm going to have to do this, they're going to have to do it with me. Amen? Because we're a team. So we're all in this together, yes? Okay. Hallelujah. We're going to talk about worship this morning. And this is something very, very dear to my heart. Very dear to my heart. And I guess everyone here, yes, yes. And um, first of all, I'd like to thank Pastor Joselle and Pastor Mylene for the trust. Um, I was messaging them the other day. I said, you still have time to change your mind. Please, you know, you can change your mind, but I guess now it's too late. I, we're here now. Um, and they asked me to share about worship, which is, you know, something that I hold dear. Um, and so that's what I'm going to be talking about. Are you all okay with this? Do you have your notebooks? Can you wave your notebooks at me? Hey, how about at the back? Do you have notebooks? How about pens? It's not good if you don't have a pen. Yes. How about um, iPads and iPhones where you take down notes? Yes? Great. How about you watching online? Can you... I can see it. Awesome. Great. Nice notebooks. I see the pink one. Good job. Okay. Um, so I'm going to talk about worship. I keep saying that <laughs> just in case. Oh, there's my title. The cost of worship. And I'd like to thank my husband who made it for me. Where is my husband? I asked him to sit in front. And oh, there he is. That's my handsome husband. Babe, can you stand and wave at everyone? Why don't you look to the camera? Say hello. He loves the camera, by the way. Okay, so that's my husband. I want to say hi, if I can, to my two boys watching at home. Um, my son, my eldest son, Bianco, who's nine, took a picture of our TV and he's tuned into YouTube and he sent a message to me and he said, hey, 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 hey. So I don't know what that means. Does that mean you're happy or you're laughing that I'm speaking today? But I love you, Bianco. Hi. Um, and Sandro. Sandro is two. Um, I don't think he's paying attention right now. He's probably running around the house. Um, he, told, he asked me, where are you going, mom? I said, I'm going to church. He goes, well, what are you going to buy me? So we don't buy things in church. Um, what he, all he knows is that, you know, he, half of his life has been in quarantine. Half of his life, he's been in lockdown. And so the only toy store he knows is McDonald's because of the Happy Meal. That's the only place he can go. He gets in the car and every, every morning he says, Daddy, let's go to old McDonald. And so we go and we get his happy meal. And so he asked me, what are you doing in church? Can you buy me something? We don't buy things in church, but we'll probably pass by the grocery and get him something on the way home. So that's my family. I'm married for 10 years. I have two wonderful, yes. Okay, I'm so glad he's still, like, still passionate about me. Hallelujah. Okay. Okay. Thanks, babe. I love you too. Okay. Let's move on, shall we? Okay. Yeah, we're good. You, no need now. Okay, now, Daryl. Thank you. I appreciate it. Let's appreciate Daryl. By the way, this guy right here is, da is Daryl. He's single. So he's a man of God. He can play beautiful music for you. So... Just let me know after the service. That's Daryl. Okay, awesome. Great. Let's talk about the Word of God, shall we? Okay, help me, Jesus. I never go overtime, but I have a feeling today's different. Okay. 
You are a worshiper. Tell the, tell the person next to you, six feet apart. Say, you are a worshiper. Tell the person behind you. You, re, you do realize there are people behind you. Say, you are a worshiper. You're at home. Tag someone in the chat and say, hey, at ganyan ganyan. You are a worshiper. Okay. You are a worshiper. Everyone in this room is a worshiper. Everybody worships. Everybody, everybody worships. Every single person on earth was designed to be a worshiper. The question that I pose today is who or what are you worshiping? Who are you worshiping? What are you worshiping? See, worship is acknowledging something or someone to be the one who is the most worthy to you. The one who is the most deserving. The one with the highest importance in your life. Worship is your expression of worth. So we hear this a lot. Worth-ship. Right? Worship becomes worth-ship. W-O-R-T-H-ship. Because worship is your expression of worth. It's what you give value to. So what do you place the most value on? I'm going to ask you this today. And you, know, you can write it down if you want to. Um, but think you know, to yourself, what do you place the most value on? See, your value system will be based on what you worship. How are you spending your time in a day? And I'm not going to be talking about K-drama because I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> and I'm not going to talk about... Um, What's the game you guys play? Mobile Legends. I'm not going to be talking about that, although I just did. Um, what else? How, if you look in your day, how much time goes towards something? And that's going to show what you value. How much time do you spend with your family? How much time do you spend with your husband or your wife? How much time you know, do you spend with your dog? My husband spends every waking moment with our dogs. So I'm, it's obvious that he values them, okay? Um, Jen and Gianna, how much time do you spend together? You're going to get married soon. Yay! Okay. So what you spend your time on determines your values and your priorities. So I want us, what we're going to do today is we're going to look into our hearts and we're going to see. Because we say that we worship God. Right? We say that. But I want to look in and really see, are we really living that out? Are we really living out a lifestyle of worship towards our God, towards our King? Um, I'm not asking you to lock yourselves in your room 24-7 and, you know, just be with your Bible and worship. I'm not asking you to do that every single day. But there may be days that you will have to do that. There will come a time in your life when you're just going to have to shut all the doors and get on your face before God and seek Him and hear what He has to say. And so living a lifestyle of worship is understanding these things, being able to balance life and at the same time living a life that is pleasing towards God. Amen? Amen. So worship, if you're going to notice, what I'm going to be speaking about today has nothing to do about music or singing at all. Worship has nothing to do, when we talk about the definition of worship, which I'm going to go into next, it has nothing to do with music or singing. Music is a tool, okay? You have to catch this. Music is a tool um, that we use. And a song 
creates a unified sound of worship. Amen? And it's an expression of our worship. But worship is of the heart. Can I get an amen, guys? Amen. Are you taking notes, Erica? Well done. Okay. So worship is of the heart. And I love how I was, telling, I was talking in the worship track the other day and how a song creates a unified sound of every one of us in this room declaring the same thing, proclaiming who Jesus is. The Bible says where there is unity, God commands the blessing. And when we come together and release a unified sound of praise and a unified sound of worship, God commands the blessing. Listen, this church is blessed. This church is blessed because we release a unified sound of praise and worship and thanksgiving to the King of Kings and to the Lord of Lords. And so God commands that blessing. And you, a part of this church, receive that right now in Jesus' name. Even at home, receive it today. So what is worship? Shaka, S-H-A-C-H-A-H, is the Hebrew word for worship. And what that means is to depress or to prostrate oneself. Erica, can you do shaka for us? <laughs> Fall down flat on your face. Well done. That is shaka. If we can zoom, look at that perfect form. From head, nakatip-toe pa siya. Okay, very good. Let's give it up for Erican. Thank you, Erican. I appreciate you. Okay. So, Erican um, demonstrated shaka, which means to depress or to prostrate oneself, lying stretched out on the ground with one's face downward. So that's a sign of honor and that's a sign of reverence. To bow yourself down, to fall down flat, it is also an act of humility. So that is what shaka means. Um, what is the significance of bowing? So why, why do that? What is the significance of bowing? In certain cultures, the deeper the bow, the greater the respect. How many of you know this, right? In certain, um, especially I think Asian cultures, if I'm not mistaken, Rabbi Edwin, kindly correct me. Um, the deeper the bow, right? I think if it's Japanese, I'm not sure, but they really go all the way down. But yeah, right? So the deeper the bow, the more honorable the person is, the more you show respect. And so when we worship God, that's as low as we can go. Amen. We're flat on our faces. And what we're doing is we're showing God, God, you are the most worthy. God, you are deserving of everything. God, I humble myself before you. And so that's shaka. And so sometimes during worship, you know, while we're here, we're singing, you may notice some people may kneel. You may notice some people may, may get on the ground and get on the floor. Why? Because it's an expression. It's saying, God, I humble myself before your mighty hand. I humble myself in your presence. And so I want to encourage you, church, express that during worship. If during worship you feel the need to kneel, then kneel. You don't have to look around and see what people are going to think of me. It's your expression of worship towards God. Amen. If you're watching at home, I encourage you during worship time, shut the doors. Get rid of all the distractions and get on your knees before God because this is your time of intimacy with Him. Amen. Amen. Okay. Um, Romans 4.11 says, As it is written, As I live, says the Lord, Every knee shall bow to me, 
and every tongue shall give praise to God. So God's already declaring it. Every single knee is going to bow to him. And what's he saying? Every, every living thing created is going to worship the Father when, we, when the time comes and we meet him face to face. The Greek word um, for worship is proskuneo. How am I with time? Good. Proskuneo. P-R-O-S-K-U-N-E-O. It's a Greek word for, Greek word for worship which means to kiss. But this kiss is actually like the dog licking a master's hand. It's that kind of kiss, okay? It's like a dog licking the master's hand or the dog. How many of you have dogs? Like I mentioned, my husband loves dogs, yes. So like a dog licking the master. And it, all, it also um, talks about subjects falling down to the ground and kissing the ground. Have you seen that in movies? Right in the olden days, right, where they bow before the ground as the king enters um, and they kiss the ground or the feet, kiss the feet of the king, okay? So um, what, what all of that means is the bowing down and the kissing the ground and kissing the feet is really acts or expressions of worship or humility or submission or reverence. So worship is an act of honor, if you're taking down notes, write that down. So, it's, again, it's not so much about singing and music. Music expresses the worship that is in your heart. But worship is an act of honor. And we honor our King. And we honor our Lord. Um, it's hard for us to grasp sometimes um, what it means to honor a King or a Lord because... We, we're in a democratic nation. Yes, we live in a democracy. And so it's hard for um, believers to understand kingdom principles sometimes because we didn't, we didn't grow up in a kingdom. We grew up under democracy. Um, and so, you know, sometimes people, you know, like to discuss and argue with God. And, you know, God tells you to do this, but then you have so many things else you want to say to Him. And, you know, He gives you one word and you give Him a paragraph. Anybody guilty of that? Just me? Okay. Um, but in the kingdom, the king's word is law. In a kingdom, when the king says something, it's law. Um, in Ecclesiastes 8, 4 to 5, the king's word is law. No one can ask him, why are you doing this? Oh, did that hit you, Saul? Yeah. No one, no one can ask the king, why are you doing this? I'm guilty of that sometimes. God says something, but why? Why are you doing this to me? Anybody else like that? Um, if you obey the king, you will stay out of trouble. So be smart and learn what to do and when to do it. Hallelujah. I'm going to read something I wrote down just so I make sure I say it well. So kingdom and democracy are two entirely different worlds. Believers who are born in democracy find it difficult to live a strong kingdom life. Many Christians want to debate issues. No one here. Hallelujah. Interject their own thoughts and opinions. We try to reach a compromise. Ooh. To keep everyone happy instead of simply recognizing the king's word is law. 
the matter is a done deal. What God says is not open for discussion. We can debate until we're blue in the face. We can argue with God until we have no tears left. But the plans and purposes of God will prevail. His word is the truth. And His word stands for all eternity. And His word is law. One more thing about the kingdom. I love this. God just showed this to me the other day. One more thing about the kingdom. Power and position. Power and position is passed through heritage and bloodline. That's the kingdom. Democracy supports elections. Where am I going with this? In a democracy, people vote you in, people take you out. In a kingdom, God calls you in and that cannot be changed. In a kingdom, when you are adopted in the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in you. And in a kingdom, the same position that Jesus has, I am now seated with Christ in the heavenly places, is yours. In a kingdom, power and, and position are passed on through heritage and bloodline. Are you thankful today that we now belong to the kingdom of God? Are you thankful today for Jesus? Are you thankful today that you are a child of God? You've been adopted in. You've been brought in. And when God calls you, that cannot be changed. The giftings and callings of God are irrevocable, unchangeable. God does not change his mind about you. That's what that verse means. The giftings and callings of God are irrevocable. God does not change his mind about you. So are you happy to be in the kingdom of God? I think you can be happier. Are you happy to be in the kingdom of God? So are you happy to do the word of the Lord? That needs to be louder. Are you happy to do what the word says? Hallelujah. See, worship is honoring God and worship is obeying his word. That's what worship is. Worship is honoring God and worship is obeying his word. In John 4, 23, the hour is coming. The hour is, oh Jesus. The hour is coming. Come on, Daryl. The hour is coming. And now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth because the Father is seeking such to worship Him. See this right now. May those who have eyes to see, see. And may those who have ears to hear, hear. The hour is coming and now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such to worship Him. Why? Why? Why is the Father seeking such to worship Him? Why is the Father seeking 
for worshipers? Is it because he wants the attention? Is it because he wants the adoration? Is it because he needs it? I don't think so. God is sufficient in who he is. We were designed to be worshipers because we become like the one we worship. God designed each and every one of you here and those watching to become a worshiper because you become like the one that you worship. You see this happen in the world all the time. And I'm not just talking about kingdom. You see, remember earlier I asked, it's just a question of who you worship or what you worship, right? Because we're, people worship all sorts of different things. And you see this happen. You see fans starting to dress up like their idols, right? Right? So like when I look at Fendi, like, is that Jericho? Like, what? Right? So, you know, people, you start becoming like, no, I'm not saying he worships Jericho. You get what I'm trying to say. Um, but you know what I mean? People dress up like the ones they look up to, right? You start talking like the ones you look up to. You start, you know, looking and dressing and sounding like the people that you, you know, you value. Because that's what worship is. You value. You value these things. Um, so, because, you know, we become like the ones we value in honor. In Psalm 115, let's go to verse 4 to 9. Their idols are silver and gold the work of men's hands they have mouths but they do not speak so he's talking about before what the people before would um, worship right so what they would worship before are made of silver and gold the works of man's hands they have mouths but they do not speak eyes they have but they do not see they have ears but they do not hear noses they have all these things they build but they do not smell they have hands but they do not handle Feet they have, but they do not walk, nor do they mutter through their throat. And you can underline this. Those who make them are like them. And so is everyone who trusts in them. And then it says, O Israel, trust in the Lord. O Israel, worship the Lord. Why? Because when you worship the Lord, you become like the one you worship. You become like the one that you trust in. That is our goal. That is our mandate. As sons and daughters of God, that we would trust in the Lord and we would worship Him so that we would become like Him, that we would be conformed to the image of His Son. God had this in mind when He created us to be worshipers. We were meant to look like Jesus. We are meant to talk like Jesus. We are followers of Christ. We are followers of Christ. Not the latest trending Christian worship leader. Not the latest preacher on Instagram. You're not meant to look like them and sound like them because man will fail. But God will not. Jesus will not fail. So we pattern our lives after the ultimate example, which is Jesus. We're meant to talk like Him and sound like Him. How many of you here remember the What Would Jesus Do bracelets? That's going to show your age, but you know that? No, see? She's a child. Okay. <laughs> 
How many of you know the, what would Jesus do? See, I love that. We should bring that back. No? Just Fendi and me? JB, did you have that? Yeah, pastors? You have one, Pastor Joey? Can you please wear it next Sunday? You never had one. Okay. What would Jesus do? See, that was a constant reminder. You wear it on your wrist. And it says WWJD. And that was a constant reminder of what would Jesus do? See, before I speak, what would Jesus do? Before I act, what would Jesus do? Before I watch that movie, what would Jesus do? Before I get into that car with that guy or that girl, what would Jesus do? Oh, Jesus. Fire God. Are you okay? Everyone good? Yes? Pastors, just give me a sign. Okay. All right, let's go. Jesus is our ultimate example. I love this. Again, this is something last night. See, when we worship, we spend time in intimacy. This is Pastor Giselle's message last Sunday. We come face to face. We come face to face with the Father in worship, in intimacy. We come face to face with Jesus. And when we spend time in worship, we become transformed. We become transformed according to the time and exposure we spend in the presence of Jesus. If you want to change, spend time with Jesus. If you want to break that habit, spend time with Jesus. If you want to be set free from that addiction, spend time with Jesus. You are transformed according to the exposure you have in the presence of God. It's the presence of God that changes you. It's the presence of God, the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. It's our time to live free, church. These are the days to live free. Spend time, spend time in intimacy, face to face, face to face, face to face. When you look in the mirror, you, you look in the mirror, you have mirrors at home. When you look in the mirror, and you come face to face with yourself. Do you see Jesus? When you look at your life, when you come face to face with your life, do you see Jesus? 2 Corinthians 3.18 But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. In your intimate moments with the Lord, face to face, you are becoming changed. You are becoming transformed. You are becoming conformed to the image of Jesus and you become like the one you worship. That's what worship is. It's coming face to face with the Father. Getting on your knees, listening to the Word of God, obeying the Word of God. And we are changed. If you can just catch this, the very reason He created us to be worshipers so that we can become like Him and fulfill the purpose that He has for us on this earth. Don't forget 
that you have a purpose to fulfill. Church, don't forget that you have a purpose to fulfill. You all good? In Psalm, again, 115, 4 to 9, their idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they do not speak. Eyes, they don't see. Ears, they don't hear. Noses, they don't smell. They have hands, they don't touch. They're, they're fake. But, O Israel, worship the Lord, because your God has eyes that sees. Your God has ears that hears. Your God has hands that touch. Your God has feet that walk. Your God has a heart that shows compassion and mercy and forgiveness and kindness. Oh, would you worship the Lord? If you take care of your ministry with God, you become better at ministering to people. If you put the first things first, you become more effective at everything else. It's always about Jesus first. It's always about God first. We are called to be worshipers first. And with the time that I have left, I will answer the question. So what is the cost of worship? What is the cost of worship? We're going to go to the first time worship was mentioned in the Bible. Abraham and Isaac. And you know this story. I think I still have time to read it. Genesis 22, 1. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. And then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac. That was a fulfillment of a promise. Isaac was a fulfillment of a promise given to God. And you know, for a time, Abraham took things into his own hands and said, God, maybe you need help. Let me do this for you. But Isaac still came and some of you are trying to say, God, maybe you need help. Let me do this for you. Let God be God. Let God be the one who completes the promise, the work, the, the, the word he has given you. He will complete it. You take your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering, one of the mountains which I tell you. So verse 3, Abraham rose early in the morning. He rose early in the morning. He got the word of the Lord. Immediately he obeyed. Immediately he obeyed. And this is a question for me as well. Do I obey immediately? When you get a word from God, are we quick to obey or do we wait and, you know, oh, let's see, let's see, maybe, you know, it's not that. Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him, Isaac, his son. He split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. Verse 5, and Abraham said to the young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you and so I'm gonna fast forward for the sake of time so they went there he prepared the altar he strapped Isaac everything he lifted um, what the what did he lift the sword the spear or a knife something to kill a knife there's so many words for a knife so he lifted that and he was about to slay his son but then, but then, but, don't you love it when there's a but? Like, 
you know, you're, you're going through your life, and then God steps in. The Holy Spirit steps in. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, where am I? Abraham, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Verse 12, and he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Fear God there means honor. Now I know that you honor God. Now I know that you worship God. Don't lay a hand. Now I know. Remember verse 1, it was a test. God wasn't really going to let him kill Isaac. God's not going to take that promise away if he gave that to you. He's not going to take it away. But he's going to test if you are going to honor him with your life. If you are going to honor the words and the commandments and the instructions that he gives you. And then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked. And there behind him was a ram. So the God provided. And that's a foreshadowing of Jesus. Amen. God provided the ram caught in a thicket by its horns. And so Abraham went and took the ram, offered it up, and the rest is the story. Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. And so what, what am I talking about here? If you look at that story, and that's the first time worship is mentioned in the Bible, there's no singing. He didn't have Daryl with him playing this awesome music that just brings in the power of God. There's no music, no guitar player, no singing. The first time worship was mentioned, what do you see? There's an altar and the treasure of someone's life about to be offered. That's what worship is about. Worship is not so much what we say with our lips or what we sing with our songs, but what we do with our lives. The songs that we sing are powerful declarations if they are true in your heart and they're not just lip service worship is obedience to the Lord Romans 12 and this is my last verse Romans 12 1 to 2 I believe is the word of the Lord for us today therefore I urge you brothers and sisters if you can receive this right now by the mercies of God to present your bodies, dedicating all of yourselves, set apart as a living sacrifice, holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, logical, intelligent act of worship. And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed face to face and progressively changed glory to glory as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect. His plan and purpose for you. There is a sacrifice of praise and there is a cost of worship. The sacrifice of praise, even when you don't feel like it, I'm going to praise God. 
Even through the storm, I'm going to praise God. Even through the battle, I'm going to praise God. Even when I'm pressed on every side, I'm going to praise God. That's the sacrifice of praise. The sacrifice of praise is you, you know, coming to church or you tuning in online, even when there are other things you want to do. That's a sacrifice of praise. I'm going to praise you, God. I'm going to worship you, God. There's a sacrifice of praise, but there's a cost of worship. What is the cost of worship? The cost of worship is your life. In worship, you become the sacrifice. You become the offering. What you're saying is, God, I present my life to you. God, I give my life to you. God, I surrender my life to you. I offer my life to you, to your word, to your truth, to your standards, to your values, that I would live a life pleasing to you, that I would live a life that will bring you honor, that I would live a life that bring you glory. The cost of worship is you saying no to things you should say no to and saying yes to things God tells you to say yes to. That is the cost of worship. You present your life as an offering to our Lord, to our King, surrendering to His ways and His will. It is only while we are on this earth that we can give Him worship that costs us something. We will worship God for all eternity with all the angels around His throne forevermore but it is only while we are on this earth that we can give him worship that costs us something that would be a sweet smelling aroma to our king david said in the book of psalms i will not give my king that which costs me nothing i will not give my king that which costs me nothing and i'm going to end with this the woman with the alabaster jar broke that most prized possession and began to worship at the feet of Jesus, kissing his feet, proskuneo, washing his feet with her tears and wiping it with her hair. Do you know that the hair is a woman's glory? So what she's saying, it's not my glory, God, but it's you who deserves all the glory. It's you who deserves all the honor. And she broke that jar the most prized possession. She could have just opened the lid and say, here, Jesus, I'll just give you some. Here, Jesus, I'll give you some and keep that jar. But what did she do? She broke it as a symbol of an ultimate sacrifice, not holding back for anything else, not holding back anything else for herself, but giving everything to Jesus. Would we come to a place, church, where we can give everything to Jesus? Where we can be broken vessels before Him of worship and say, God, we dedicate our lives to you. And the worship team can stand up and get ready for the, next, for the song. We're going to end with this song. We're going to sing this song as a sign of just surrender and saying, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. See, Pastor Giselle mentioned last Sunday, the foundation of every relationship is trust. The foundation of every relationship is trust. And I want to say today that trust is also one of the final expressions of worship. Trust is a final expression of worship. 
When you say, when God, listen, when God asks you to give something to Him, you've got to trust that He knows better than you. When God called me back to the Philippines, I trusted that He knew better than me. I was all set in Australia. I was going to get my residency. That was the plan. I thought that was the promised land. I was there. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God, with His sweet, audible voice, said, go home. That was 15 years ago. 15 years ago, I came home. A couple of months later, I met my husband. I started working in this church. 15 years later, I'm doing what God called me to do. Because I said yes to what He asked me to do. Would you say yes? Would you say yes? And trust is an expression of worship. If God tells you to let it go, let it go. Because He trusts that He knows better than you. Trust that He has the best plan that He has for you. See, honor is a higher reality that is contrary to what you are feeling. And submission is not submission until you disagree with it. It's easy to say you submit when you agree, right? But what happens when you don't agree? That's, sub that's the test of submission. You still doing it. And the cost of worship is living a life pleasing to God. Listen, Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice. Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice, laying his life down for us. Romans 12 talked about presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice as our response to the mercies of God. It's our response. Our worship is a response to the mercies of God. Our worship is a response to what God did. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whosoever believes in Him will not perish and have everlasting life. So you watching online today, if you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you, you here in, this, in a sanctuary, we're going to pray today that you receive Jesus. If you don't know Him yet as your Savior, if you don't know Him yet as your Lord, Worship is a response to all that He has done. So let's pray this. Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. Jesus, I recognize that you are Savior. I recognize that you took on the sins of mankind so that I can live freely and I can no longer be bound to sin. Jesus, I receive what you have done on the cross. Jesus, I, I know that you have conquered death and grave and you have now risen and are seated at the right hand of the Father. I acknowledge you as my Savior and now I also acknowledge you as my Lord, as my King, that my worship will be response to my King, to the words that you speak, to the words, this Bible is your guide for your life. So I recognize you, Jesus, as my Lord and as my Savior. And all over this place, we're going to sing this song. And I want to encourage you today, if that's you, like, yes, you received Jesus. He, he is your Lord and He is your Savior. But you realized, God, I need to make adjustments in my life. God, I, I maybe I, or you're just saying, God, I want to be like that woman who just broke that alabaster flask and give you everything give you everything, give you everything. Step in, 
I believe there are people today, the Holy Spirit is saying, would you step in? Some of you have one foot in and one foot out. And God's saying, step in fully. Let go of the plan B. Let go of the plan B and step into the plan A. Step into the plan that God has for you. And we're going to sing this. And if that's you today, I want to encourage you. If you want to lift your hand, if you want to get on your knees, if you want to stand, whatever it is, just to recommit your life to Him. Recommit your heart to Him and say, Jesus, I want to worship you in spirit and in truth. Thank you for joining us today. We believe that God's powerful word can bring a change in your situation and transform your life. So we encourage you to share this message to your family and friends so they too can know of the new life that God has for them. If you prayed to receive Jesus for the first time or was simply blessed by this message, we invite you to connect with us. Follow us on Facebook at newlife.ph, Instagram at newlife underscore ph, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, New Life Media PH. You can also email us at connect at newlife.ph. We will be so glad to hear from you. To support the ministry, please visit newlife.ph slash alabang slash give. Your generosity is greatly appreciated. God bless you.